Good evening. And what shall we look at this evening? Please press star six to unmute. Margaret? Hey, Margaret. Hey. Um, well, I've been, I've been seeing so much that feels like it's part of the process that's been um, discussed um, on the morning show today about the layers peeling away as we just sit still um, mm -hmm. being with something we've seen. And it feels like it's so huge. It's um, What I'm seeing is that, well, this kind of opened up for me on Monday <laughs> um, where at the end of the radio show, um, I was just sitting looking at the homework assignment and what dropped in for me was, let's see, I don't, I don't know anything and I don't belong here. And it was... Uh -huh. You don't know anything and you don't belong here. Not that I don't I know that we talk about, but uh, a sense of, of uh, truly an ego voice. It sounded like it. It sounded mm -hmm. like I, I don't know anything. You know, just this... Um, and, and I saw that, that it seemed like an ego voice. And then I also saw um, later that day this way in which it felt like being a young person who was not allowed to speak around, you know, family gatherings when adults were talking about things and where it was kind of like, this is so boring, I, I can't say anything, I don't get this, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I'd rather be somewhere else. I don't belong uh -huh. here, kind of. Um, mm -hmm. So there was also kind of like a connection that way. But I also, then I started noticing how often I don't know, that I say I don't know. Um, particularly right now um, in my life, it feels like around these physical issues I'm going through, and I noticed it today. I just sat down, and what came out of my mouth was, "Boy, I don't know." <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. And I was so shocked to see that I saw it. Even. Um, mm -hmm. and, and does it feel like the quality of? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's all right. Well, is the quality of the I don't know when you're looking at physical issues very different from the I don't know? I don't belong here quality of what you saw the voices said to you that felt like when you were a young person, right? That I don't belong here because I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm on board or I can't participate in this. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. This is a different right. quality than I don't know when I'm going through some physical issues or that, well, that's what it sounds like. It, yeah. It sounds and like, I think as, as you say that it, it's pretty clear um, to me that it, it was pretty clear that it, it did seem different. And it's, it feels more like a, uh, it's almost a despairing feeling in both cases, which may, um, uh -huh. may sort of make it seem like it's kind of this, uh, like a victim, feeling like a victim. But what it's what, what what struck me the most about it, I guess, this afternoon is, 
is realizing that earlier this week I thought, well, wouldn't it be helpful in terms of a change of behavior if I could just, you know, be su- pleasantly surprised, but, or not pleasantly even, but, but just be like, wow, there it is. Um, there's more to explore here about this. And, and maybe I'll see something that, um, you know, because there's this whole other side of, of this being that is incredibly, like, curious and um, loves science and loves, you know, to know things. Um, uh-huh. Just for so, so for let me see if I'm tracking, Margaret. So there is an a, there's a there's an aspect of you that feels authentic almost that is curious and interested and likes to discover things, right? And so mm-hmm. in contrast to that, the the experience of curiosity is uh, a, is almost a desire we could say to explore something unknown, right? So the unknown is what's exciting and curious and interesting. And so mm-hmm. it seems it seems so um, contradictory that <clears throat> you hear a voice that says I don't know, and it leads you to a feeling of despair or not belonging, rather than oh that's interesting. I'm I'm someone who likes to explore the unknown, and so that's an alternative rather than being shut down by the voice that says if you don't know it implies dot 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 in the first instance. You don't belong. Yeah. In in the instance of the physical issues, you know, you might as well give up if despair is an equivalent. If you don't know and you're continuously facing these, you might as well give up. And That's so to right. alter that experience to, okay, well, I don't know. And so it doesn't have to mean either of those things. It can it can open up the possibility of an exploration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what's... It's it's really helpful to hear that because there's this incredible exploration going on to to understand what's going on with me to actually explore just some of those those exact things so that I don't feel in despair about what's happening to me uh-huh. the physical issues and so, mm-hmm. so, so that go, yeah go ahead no. Well, I hadn't actually seen that until you said that. That at the same time, there's that that part doing the despair. I mean, I also thought of this as a um, that it it sounded it felt it felt so much like coming up against a brick wall. There's just nothing. It's just hopeless. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Just give up. There's nothing more to you know to to do about this. Mm-hmm. I guess that's mm-hmm. the real victim side of it, or the um, yeah. Uh huh. So it's being done to you. You just have to yeah. deal with it. You just have to resign yourself to it, rather than okay. Well, there's a continuous exploration here. Let me ask you a question, Mother. So the the exploration that is that is going on. You said something about wanting to understand about what's going on with you. And is that truly understanding? Are you trying to make sense of it? Um, what is the exploration? Is there, or another way of saying it is, is there a, an outcome for the exploration that puts it into a different process than um, just being in the process of curiosity because it's interesting? 
Well, there, there is, I'm, I'm sure, yes, there are parts that want to solve or want resolution or want healing, want those to go away, which is what healing would look like, not, mm-hmm. you know, permanent impairment or something like that. There, there, there are those voices, but there's also just really genuine curiosity, you know, about how this, because I'm paying attention to, it's really, it's like a big mystery. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. it's, and I'm, I, I have to admit, I'm very intrigued by mysteries and by, mm-hmm. you know, solving sorts of mysteries um, mm-hmm. from paying attention to the clues or the, and, and I, and I realize that, that there are plenty of mysteries that are never solved. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, right. That we are, we are in the love of, uh, the process because we we love the process, not necessarily because we want to avoid a particular situation, right? Because right. in all processes that we're looking at, right, Margaret, everything's interesting to look at from an awareness practice perspective. And one way of trying to 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 um, bring practice to a process, it's like which aspect of this process causes you to suffer, right? If the suffering Mm -hmm. comes from, I don't know, I don't belong, or I don't know because uh, I feel victimized, or I'm, I'm looking to find the answer so I can avoid having these experiences, then those are the processes we want to bring into the light of awareness and look at the beliefs and assumptions and projections and subpersonalities and the karma and see if we can rescue the human being stuck in those processes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you said that, um, when you said that, that was, that was very clear. And what, what arose for me is, is realizing this afternoon that, that that same sort of a uh, laying it all out like that where it's so clear, can also turn into, oh, that's overwhelming. How am I going to do all that? <laughs> it's that same kind of thing that stops me from making a, a two-minute recording. Right. So it's the same process I, again, right? Another way of saying yeah. it is watching how the overwhelm is actually another flavor of I don't know. And I'm not I don't know how I'm going to do that. Knowing. Yeah, I'm not exactly that open to. I know this does tie into receptivity too. I can see that a lot. Yeah, 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 that I can't receive the information that's available in the moment because the attention. This is the uh, the answer in plain sight, right? The knowing is available in every moment through presence, but the voice is saying you don't know. When if attention was on the present, you'd have all the information you need to to know in the moment. Whatever the moment had to inform you, right? Yes, yes. And so that would be the behavior change each time you hear the voice that says, I don't know. Whatever the, the attendant feeling is, despair or not belonging or overwhelm or anything else, you turn your attention and say, what is the moment what is the moment, this moment? How is this moment informing me? Mm-hmm. How is this moment the portal? 
Yes. What yeah. What is it that's available now? Yeah. I'm happy. Well, I'm grateful. Or oh, the sun is shining. <laughs> or <laughs> there's a creature yeah. walking across, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. The wall. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ashwani. Oh, yes. It's, uh, I mean, it's like I, feeling the onion. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it it feels like what what I wanted to look at or what I plan to look at in the receptivity is what actually stops me. And there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's um, yeah, and it's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's very, it's so well, it's good to, to, to lay it out there, right? It's uh, the, the yeah. lack of receptivity to the information in the moment, whatever it is, is the phrase, I don't know, which leads me to an experience of not belonging, overwhelm, despair. Cue to yeah. turn my attention to the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. That's so helpful. Okay. Thank you, right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is Tim. Tim. Yeah. Um, boy, that was super helpful. I, I love the idea. I just love that um, turning to the moment. To uh, It's so simple. And I know that my conditioning has me believe that it's super complex and there's a big hole to dig myself out of. Mm-hmm. And uh, And if I can just say what is available to me in this moment, uh, mm-hmm. that just sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly so. It's like we carry a mountain of baggage that's completely unnecessary, and worse than unnecessary actually clouds the clarity that's available if we're here. Right, which completely yeah. lines up, at least for me, with the idea, the idea of receiving and, mm-hmm. you know, what happens in that process if it is blocked. Um, and I, I know frequently for me the answer is not simple. If I'm t- looking to ego, at least the answer is layered. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and what's really neat is I, I'm looking at something I following up from last week. Part of the guidance I received on the call was to do some um, – uh, you know, uh, right hand, left hand, recording and listening. Mm-hmm. And it was around an issue that um, it came up. It came up with my daughter, and uh, it was mm-hmm. triggering into uh, anger and fear. And uh, and so, in working with this, it's just interesting because conditioning would. It's like this is played in, of course, with the morning show. And what I've been hearing there. And conditioning is like, oh, this is childhood issues and you're going to need to arduously go into the past and dig and, you know, super dramatic, right? And Mm -hmm. what I've been hearing is uh, just the simplicity of, uh, well, it was super, uh, yesterday as part of the show was talking about the, the possibility of receiving grief. And that this dialogue was very transformative to me because um, I can see that there is a difference between me uh, mentoring and being willing to be with this part of myself versus mm-hmm. climbing into a hole 
trying to, re, you know, if only I had done something different in the past and if I was a different person and all that stuff. Like, that's not what it – I don't have to do that stuff. I can just, right. like, I can be with this person right now. <laughs> like, it's not mm -hmm. happening in the past. I'm just with this person who can be um, – grieving and in pain, but I can, I don't know, it's just different. I don't know if I'm making it sense. It is, absolutely, you're absolutely making sense, right? Um, so talking about uh, the, the grief, I think what Sherry was talking about is, if, I make, if it comes up, then I can be with it. Yeah. But what causes me to suffer is, if there's a story about the situation, and I get into the content around it, and I think, mm -hmm. oh my God, this happened, and what happened there, that's Way past the time the grief, grief has arrived and gone, the thought pattern keeps the, keeps the suffering around the incident alive. And so what conditioning wants you to do is to go into the endless set of thoughts that are content-related about, about that incident and excavate it and go on an archaeological expedition and try to figure it all out. Whereas what you're experiencing is, no, I just need to do the feelings that arose in the moment around that. No ex ex excavation necessary. And that's how I see this person, because I'm with them, with the pain. So just one moment, Tim. If there's, if there's someone other than Tim who's not muted, would you please mute yourself? Star, star six, I believe. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, um, I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, yeah, but I spent all that money on therapy. Um, but you know, where, where it just felt like you needed to go into the story and, um, you know, yes. just, you know, there's so much, yeah. And and I think at the same time, um, I've I'm also what's kind of dropping in is um like I had known sort of that these um triggers existed in me like around my kids um this specific topic was around bullying and mm -hmm. like her being bullied so all this stuff like came up and I think you know I I'd always I always sort of maybe there was part of me that like oh just being aware of it is enough but was what was missing was the willingness to really sit with that person, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, and do some work with it. Like it's taken some like sitting down and I was surprised because I thought like if I just put the, the, uh, if I just started recording, all this stuff would just, you know, spill out, which some of it did, but I feel like this part I'm building a relationship and that takes, um, repeated going back. Like this part is building up trust to kind of let, let this stuff out. And I hadn't, you know, I just, you know, I think part of me was like, oh, well, I'm aware of it, right? So that's where it ends. But n no, come to find, <laughs> I need to spend some time with yes. this part. Well, there's this two part. things you said that were very important, right, Tim? One is part of what, what stories do is to keep the narrator of the story in place. So a lot of, right, the, the traditional ways of working with, with things like that that are not awareness practice ways is you tell, someone tells the story and we work out how that person is all right with the story that they're telling. Okay. But yeah. what we do in practice is we're not interested in the story. The story is 
is is is conditioning's version or or ego's version of its own narrative. It has nothing to do with the experience that the person is actually having. So you're mm-hmm. interviewing an ego, telling an ego narrative, and right. that's all that you're aware of, right? <laughs> yeah. Whereas the experience of, of the two-handed recording is to drop into the human being's true, ex, uh, what, whatever's going on for them. And they might say what's going on for them, but what you're doing is actually listening to their, emo- to their experience, not the story that they're telling. Yeah. And so, right? And, that, yeah. and so to validate that person, I hear you, it must have been hard. It's not solving the problem or being okay with what happened or rationalizing it or justifying it or explaining it or finding the deep psychological meaning that happened three generations in your lineage as to why you're having that problem, <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm just, it's what you do with your daughter when she's having a, a, a when she's being picked upon. It's her, you're with her, and that's all she wants, right? Yeah. But that, that ability to do that is, and as you said, an ongoing relationship because you and your daughter have that sense of trust. That's why she's willing to come to you and tell you what's going on for her. And yeah. you're willing to listen. And it's not something that get, that's done and you can put it away on the shelf. Your relationship with your daughter is going to be ongoing for the rest of her life. Yes. Yes. And, and I think what I was sharing too last week is that, that part, doing that, that's not hard. That's not difficult for me to be with somebody in that context. It's not difficult to be like, yeah, this sucks and I'm here, you know, What's difficult is getting wrapped up in trying to come up with a solution <laughs> to, you know, and getting wrapped up in going on down on the different rabbit holes of that. Right, which we don't need to do. Which we, exactly, yeah. Which, right. um, and that's wonderful. That's why it full circle kind of back to what we were saying at the beginning was um, turning to the moment to see what sort of guidance is available or to see whatever is available in the moment, uh, that seems like a really good deal. Right. Because if, you can, if we can look at it on, on a story level, the story's been written. You're not going to do anything to change the story. Right? No, no. So the only way to have any, within quotes, dissolving of the story is that the story is no longer attended to. And then you look to see what would help the person in the moment? If, the, if there's nothing going on for the person, then nothing needs to, within quotes, be done. And if there's something that the person needs, you can offer that. Yeah. And so, so in a way, much like my daughter and I have this lifelong relationship, I have a lifelong relationship with this, this aspect that's being mentored, right? Yes. And, yeah. and the purpose of that, I, I would say, is you, you – you, you know, it's, it's, we say this in what you practice is what you have. The whole, the reason why we cultivate a relationship with the mentor is for that healing process that you're talking about, to bring everything that's outside the sphere of acceptance into acceptance and therefore liberate all parts of ourselves. And it's going from the identification with that which is being mentored to that which is, which is mentoring that allows us to transcend suffering, right? Because right. when you're assisting someone, you're not suffering. You're assisting. Yeah. 
I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. There, it feels like um, a connection with mm-hmm. life. Um, exactly. Connection with all right. life that brings them love and compassion. Yeah. It's really just, it's just amazing. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these insights have been on such the simple side. Like, really? That's all there is to it? You know, I, I think it was mentioned to you in the show a few weeks ago, and it was just a sentence, but it was something along the lines of, you know, the willingness to, to be present kind of assures that I don't have to be trapped in these stories of the past. You know, all it takes is is that um, it was probably much more eloquently stated than that, but, but it was just like being present. You know, I, I don't, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so anyway, grateful, yeah. a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of gratitude for practice. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is Michael. Michael. Um, I just noticed that, uh, well, Tim ended with gratitude and I'll continue with gratitude. And mm-hmm. I, um, I'm really grateful for, uh, practice and, um, for these calls. And there's a, there's a, uh, continuity to life that, um, practice provides me. It's like, a, I feel like I'm held and, um, supported and it's just uh it's it's almost like there's nothing to say other than you know i feel held and supported and we have these um regular ways of getting together and um it's an extraordinary blessing yeah well there's m- m- not much to say other than thank you right michael <laughs> <laughs> for the support for the guidance for the as you said continuity and I would project, right, Michael, we have the option of living in, uh, in isolation and in, in a conversation and in separation. But if we choose, as I think you're pointing out, to surround ourselves with our practice and with our attention on awareness and what we're grateful for and the support of Sangha, it's really hard not to feel like we are in, in, a, in a sense of continuous support because we are. We can trust our feelings. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. It's funny, too, because occasionally I'll see an article online or something about, you know, the loneliness of this crisis. And and it, it's, it's to a part of me, it's like, I, I just don't get that. Um, and uh, I think it's because I have this big blessing of um, practice. And so there mm-hmm. is that um, continuity. And, you know, the morning shows five days a week and the uh, – the weekend workshops have been, you could probably tell me how many weeks in a row those have been, mm-hmm. six or seven or eight of the mm-hmm. Saturday or Sunday workshops. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, and with the reflective listening buddies and uh, open air and, you know, it's, it's a, um, not a lot of time can go by with me identified before there's another practice opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which brings you to presence. And I would say that's the difference, right? I think it was uh, uh, Bhagwan Kirachini's quote, where loneliness is the absence of the other, aloneness is the fullness of presence. Yes, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference between um, solitude or the joy mm-hmm. of solitude, as it, um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and uh, loneliness. And the identification with separation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, just uh, really grateful, and um, I'm here and uh, practicing, mm-hmm. and thank you. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. This is Jan. Jan. Hi. Um, I was looking, well, I have been looking at the duality that uh, – for the assignment, um, you know, our current assignment in the year long. And I had mentioned earlier in the week that what I saw, uh, what I had seen is that one of the big blocks for me in receiving is I know, that assumption that I know. And what came as a surprise in looking at duality, I mean, in a sense, it's not a surprise when you look at I know, but is in doing the exercises, looking at, at the aspects of the personality, that what came up, what stops me and puts me in a complete panic is I don't know, um, mm-hmm. which, as I've said in other, when we were, I guess it was, I don't know, for the month, one of the last two months, with technology, yeah. I can get completely mm-hmm. stopped. Mm-hmm. So, I, got, I mean, what's so interesting about it is that Conditioning comes in to tell me this really has nothing to do with receiving. <laughs> when in fact I see that it has everything to do with it. Either mm-hmm. assumption completely blocks, I know or I mm-hmm. don't know, completely blocks receiving. Um, yes. And it's just been it's fascinating. It's such a closed circuit. A what? It's such a closed circuit, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. When I go to that experience, I mean, I'm so grateful for the um, seeing the I don't know early, you know, in a, last month mm-hmm. um, and, and how it fits in with this and receiving. The, I mean, it, it's, it's like the puzzle pieces are, you know, <laughs> filling yeah. out. Um, yes. And I, I, I can actually go to the experience of I don't know and see how that keeps me from uh, any clarity at all because that's the focus is not knowing and it's it's sort of t- it's almost like it takes over the whole being and it's been effective um, but not so much anymore and I'm having so much fun going to things that I, I hear oh I won't be able to do that I don't know how and just taking it step by step and having the best time working through it which mm-hmm. <laughs> Was, was not possible in, with many things in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, that's all. Well, there's several things about that, right, Jen? I mean, what, you're, what we're observing that is so fascinating for all of us is the structure of conditioning, right? So yeah. you, you, you notice that I, I know is a way that blocks the uh, receive, is blocking receptivity, and by the same token, I don't know blocks receptivity. But so the structure that's being revealed is any, it doesn't matter what it says is the reason, right? I know mm-hmm. or I don't know. The fact that we have attention on the conversation is what's blocking yeah. the receptivity. It doesn't matter what the flavor of it is, I know or I don't know. 
And it, that, it is interesting that it would be a duality like that because if, <clears throat> if you could receive when you did know, then it wouldn't be a closed circuit, right? So it has to take every dimension possible in order to block your ability to be in the moment. And then as soon as you see the structure, you go, okay, well, I don't have to have my attention on that anymore. I can, as Sherry says, you know, uh, rub your hands and move towards something I don't know because I realize that I don't know is simply attention on a conversation. And if I bring my attention to the moment, I can take the next step and then the next step and then the next step and have an absolutely whale of a time. It, and it's so true. And, you know, even two months ago, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that that, that was possible. I mean, in a different mask- knowing, right? Yeah. Well, I just have to, the mask making has been a perfect example because I hadn't used a, my sewing machine for years, for years. And I thought, oh, no, I can't do it. I don't, I'd have to learn how to. <laughs> how to use that yeah. thing again and yeah. I have to do the maintenance and the whole deal and when I actually took the next step all of these things are revealed it didn't need maintenance it's a beautiful machine and, you know it one step at a time is what makes all the difference but conditioning makes it look like it's very complex I think Tim was sort of referring to that yeah. it makes it look very complicated when in fact if I just look at the next what what now Mm-hmm. It's clear. It's clear. It is. Yeah. It is. The complexity is all ego. And life is it's very simple in the moment. Because it, the moment has only what the moment can hold, right? <laughs> Everything that conditions <laughs> is, is doing is not of the moment. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, and the gosh. other thing that you, you, you mentioned, which is so interesting on a, on a structural level, right? Intelligence all is intelligencing. It's a constant process of knowing itself. So we're built to learn, you know? Mm. That's what, what gets obscured in the, in, in the hope of our attention being on a conversation of complexity or a conversation of, of you don't know that or you should know that or I don't know that and, oh, my God, what am I going to do, is just to not allow us to be in what is very natural to us, right? Curiosity and exploration and what's here and, wonder and all of those things yeah. that are qualities that are life qualities. Yeah. I love that. We're built to learn. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and everything as I sit in my backyard, um, you know, just practicing being um, more than, well, just practicing that, I can see how that is happening with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's a um, a butterfly, whether it's a flower, whether it doesn't matter. Everything, it's almost as, well, my experience of it is that everything is opening, receiving. I don't know, learning may not be quite the word, but um, well, learning and receiving. Well, learning in the sense of joy of intelligence, knowing itself, right? Ah, yeah. butterfly, lovely wing, yeah. Yeah. Taste of honey. Whatever it is, right, it's registr- registering. There's a way in which uh, it, learning can be focused on a, on, on a what. What did I learn rather than the experiencing of uh, the experience that you're pointing to, which is knowing as in recognition, as in revelation, not 
in mm. terms of what is known. Yeah, yeah, that giving and receiving. Thank you, mm. Ashwini, so much. Thanks, Jane. This is Phil. Phil. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to say. There's so much to say, but I really <laughs> am enjoying this conversation. And um, I think, well, so many of the things that in in, in these conversations have uh, clicked and um See if I can get my brain back to any of them. But what one of them was because um, they're all stuff stuff I'm looking at. But the stories, the way you describe stories, was so clear um, for me uh, this time. I mean, I know all about stories because I have them all the time, right? But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I think there was a nuance in this this time that I that was. Uh, either I saw differently or hadn't uh, seen before, but it, it was, um, geez, what is it that you said? It's So I know we, you know, drop the story, and we don't need to pay attention to the story, but I think it, it, what you said, something was on the lines of solving the story, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, the story uh, is already written, right? Eager's story is already written. You can't actually change the story. Right. And and mm-hmm. um so but what it seems like there's a tendency to do is seeing sometimes, you know, if if it's going, if the story is going, is to work through the story to create a happy ending or something. <laughs> like, yes. You know, to exactly. solve the, to, 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 um, it's, maybe Margaret brought it up in the first place, to solve the problem of the story so things will be mm-hmm. okay. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a little different from figuring out, it's a little different from, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. But the way you had said that is, uh, really struck me that, um, that that's another, that's another pull away from, uh, the presence, of course, mm-hmm. which is what everything right. that conditioning is doing is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, the atten- if I may reflect what you're saying, right, Phil, that if that if I'm within the story trying to resolve the story, attention is still on ego. It's basically identified with the character in the story trying to solve the story, without realizing that I'm still within the the realm of conditioned mind. And so yeah. to step out and go, the only way that any resolution happens is to get present and no longer be part of the story. It's, the, it's, what we, it's that Indiana Jones thing, right, we often talk about, which uh-huh. is conditioning defines the problem for us and, and invites us to engage with the problem it has defined for us, right? Yes. And Indiana Jones, who's fighting that, whatever that swords person just takes out his gun and shoots him. Oh, right. right, right. I'm not playing your game. I I don't have to play your game. I'll just step off the board here. Yes, yes. And I think when it it, um, 
seems, uh, let's see, when it's enticing to do that is when it's a story, but it's not a suffering story yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it's a, it's not a suffering story. Then, then it seems a little, lot more compelling. And that brings us to that other metaphor, right, so that we talk about all the time, which is the Buddha first left the palace and then left the forest, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yes. So you, we, we have to, uh, it's, it's, all, it's all dimensions that take yes. our attention. Yes, yeah, and, um, yes, exactly, and, that uh, last part, I mean, when we were talking about intelligence knowing itself, I think that, that um, I mean, it feels like to me that that's all we're, the place we want to be. And mm-hmm. um, that is the place of all receiving. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and it can't yeah, happen. Don't want to be in a story. <laughs> right. Yeah. It can't happen in a story or anywhere else. Uh, the yeah. conditioning might take us. Yeah. Exactly. But just to remember, and this, I think this is what what is I'm realizing that the story is not always a suffering story, and that's where it can grab you. Because once you know we're suffering, it's like, oh, yeah, I gotta drop this, or you know. And, it, it wakes you up, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when it's just a what I would call a plain story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, innocuous. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that 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 was interesting to see because I know I'm having I'm I'm running one a bit uh, that comes keeps coming through is um, oh no we're Starting things are starting to open up. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you know, as far as the the world, well, mm-hmm. you know, that could be a good thing, and yet it also feels a little bit like a scary thing, and that's kind of the story, mm-hmm. good thing mm-hmm. or scary thing, because mm-hmm. um, you know, there's um, it's kind of like the example of the last focus, you know, your example mm-hmm. there of this person who is just thinking, oh, these people should be do- not doing this. They should be wearing masks. Mm-hmm. They should be doing this. They shouldn't, you know, that kind of thing. And um, um, Well, so, you know, so it's a really interesting t- thing that you're pointing to because what comes up for me around that is the, is the thing in one of our books where I, I think Sherry's asking the question, uh, without fear, will you, will you, if, if, how come, how won't, I mean, you'll cross the road and get hit by a car, right? Right. But right. Jerry said if you're present, intelligence is probably more likely to assist you not to be hit by a car than fear ever would. Because if right. attention is on ego, then I probably am so panic stricken that I won't be present and I probably will get hit by a car more so than if I was here. So we want to rely on intelligence, right? And so there's yes. a way in which if we're in the story of whether it's scary or not scary, whether it's good or bad, what I miss is being present, which is the only way by which something, because it's true, you have no idea if the person next to you is a carrier. Right. That's, a, that's useful to know. 
It's mm-hmm. useful to know and useful to be present in order to be able to make sure you keep your distance and you're wearing a mask and you don't touch your nose and all of those things that are available for you in the moment. So yes. we don't want to ignore what intelligence registers. Mm-hmm. We just don't want that, what intelligence is registering to be taken into a story about whether it's scary or not scary or good or bad because then mm-hmm. we miss being here for all of the information that's actually going to assist us. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah, exactly, because otherwise we're wrapped up in the other person and what the other person's doing or whatever. And, that's right. And, yeah, and not here. And, yeah, um, we're wrapped up in a conversation about what we project the other person. Yeah, exactly. We're not exactly. even with what they're, doing, they're actually yeah. doing, right? We don't even know what they really are doing. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So anyhow, this has been a, all these, these calls and, and, you know, all our opportunities have been just so wonderful and helpful. So I'm very, mm-hmm. also I'm very grateful. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Phil. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is Jen. Jen. Um, so I appreciated the, also the conversation around stories, and it's interesting in the last conversation because um, it feels like it touches on something that I've really been appreciating lately, which is that there have been a number of places where um, the way I was recording about it recently was it feels like one of those places where suddenly I made the shot, where it's just been a shot I've been practicing for a long time, and Mm-hmm. And really, in recent times, gotten to a place of just happily making, you know, taking the shot, taking the shot, you know. And I don't actually even know, as I say that, I was going to say, and missing the shot. But I'm actually not even sure if I was missing the shot or not missing the shot. The story remained that I was missing the shot, but I sort of lost interest in the assessment. Mm-hmm. And And then there were a number of times where it felt like, that place, sometimes where Sherry will use that tennis image and that place mm-hmm. where you just hit the ball. It's like, oh, whoa, mm-hmm. that was, I think that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's been really incredibly helpful is that I can watch a store, the conditioned mind begin to attach a good story to that. Mm-hmm. And the ability to not go there has been incredibly mm-hmm. instructive mm-hmm. in how the machinery of how it's how it works. Like, wow, no wonder it's been able to keep itself in place. And mm-hmm. and I and interestingly, the disidentifying from the quote good side has been what's really offered a lot more clarity into the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so disidentifying from the good side, because it, I, I would project, right, Jen, what you're actually seeing is how, condi- how the conditional is kept in, is part of the ego game, right? It's kept, so you, 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 yeah. I'm, I is alive as the worst person or the, uh, yeah. the good, not good enough person or the person who yeah. didn't make the shot for, the really, for a yeah. long period of time. And so then we practice with it and practice with it and practice with it and stop identifying with the I that doesn't make a shot. And then, you know, I'm suddenly making the shot and now the temptation is to identify with the I that is making the shot 
because that feels good versus the eye that doesn't feel good when it doesn't make the shot. But the real yeah. process structure, like we were talking around, talking with Jan about, is you're, you're being seduced into your well-being is conditional on your perspective. Exactly. Exactly. And so once we catch on to that, it's the same process of letting go of the eye that you did with the negative side of the, of the equation. What you're exactly. actually surrendering is conditional well-being. Exactly. Exactly so. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yep. And that by um, by not going with the, that quote positive story, it's that's exactly what's been revealed as ah, completely seeing how it's kept the conditional in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's well, it goes back to what we were talking about on the show this morning, right? Yeah, you get in touch with the underlying that. context of exactly. well-being that doesn't undulate with performance. Exactly. That's always been there. And so the feeling good about making the shot doesn't get attached to what's consistently unconditional, right? That's what ego would like exactly. to do is to reduce yeah. the well-being to performance-based yeah. when you make the shot rather than allow yeah. you to swim in it as your context. That is so, that is so completely true. That's it, completely. And that's what, I mean, I just have seen how incredibly fiendish and cruel it is because it is much like I was talking about on the show this morning in the sense that, so there's that making the shot. What it feels like is life just revels in, in that. There's no, like, you know, however you want to talk about it, Jen, the person, the human being, I, as far as I can tell, she has no need to have any story or have any quote recognition or any anything about it. It's just in that moment, that thing is there. Life is present to life, and that's glorious. And then that's that split second. And then now this is this split second. And mm-hmm. yeah. different feeling. <laughs> and I suppose yeah. that's why we say merit for all good acts. I do freely offer yeah. the all beings because that's the part yeah. that is truly hard to practice with. To give life the credit, right? Didn't have anything to yeah. do with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a, it's really, a, it's a beautiful place to, to practice because, of course, what becomes available is then in the, then when the sort of, quote, real stuff circles around, you know, mm-hmm. there's that com- a very large wedge of doubt, you know, helpful mm-hmm. doubt that says, no, that can't, you know, there's no reason why suddenly the conditional would be true here when it's not mm-hmm. been true in any of these other places. So even mm-hmm. if there's some whatever period of time of just that feels real, okay, well, that feels real, but that's fine because it's completely unconditional still. That there's nothing, mm-hmm. it couldn't not be. So, mm-hmm. Well, in a different way of saying that, right, Jen, that the access to the unconditional that you, you experienced in the sense of well-being is available to you even when it's not within quotes yeah. a sense of well-being, right? It, the exactly. ac- our access to our context of awareness um, is filled out when we practice on both those dimensions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and as you said, you know, there's doubt because you've had the experience of it being unconditional in so many different ways that suddenly when it, when it doesn't feel, when, when, the, when the awareness collapses, it, it doesn't mean it's gone away, right? Mm-mm. It's much more believable that it's still there. 
Yeah. It, in fact, it becomes a losing battle for conditioning because they're just all that does is just highlight where those places are, where the edges mm-hmm. still are, where the, you know, where there's more that's being worn away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, faith, faith, faith is experience becomes our faith becomes an experience rather than a belief, right? That's what that's how we say it. Exactly so. Exactly so. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Laura. Laura. Hello. Oh, what I to talk about is that I've been um, having the experience. I've just been noticing, like every day at lunchtime, at, when I'm working, um, there's just this feeling like I. <laughs> I just, like, want to complain to my roommate, like, I don't want to go back to work. Why do I have to do this? Um, and just this, like, uh, yeah, just this, like, ugh feeling. Um, and what I've seen about it so far is that um, I used to pretty regularly listen to recordings while I was eating lunch, but now, because I'm at home and they... Um, and my room is here and things are different and, you know, like I've kind of gotten away from that. Um, mm-hmm. So I suspect that that might be part of what's going on, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's what I've been looking at. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems that, uh, you know, that, oh, process is one of the systems, right? I don't want to, I don't feel like it. And mm-hmm. resistance implies that you're not present. So if you have a practice of being here while you're eating, by listening, while listening to a recording, then there is no resistance. Mm-hmm. So you just get up and go do whatever is next because you're here and here is not resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That... Uh... I think there is this kind of sense of like, oh, it's lunchtime. Like, I can just sort of, um, like, go unconscious, basically. You know, okay. like I can just, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Well, and I don't know if you've you've worked with this before, Laura. Maybe you have, but there's a way in which um, there's an intensity when you're focused, right, on work, and so. Uh, when you transition to something like lunch, there's a sense of relief because there's a, a different level of intensity. And so those are transitions are the prime places for suffering to happen, right? Because that's when we're most vulnerable. So if, if there's a way you're recording, which probably is speaking to the person who's coming off of that intensity into transition and is happy to be welcomed or being, uh, you know, being with or whatever it was. And so that unconsciousness is a promise that somehow or the other you're going to have a less treasured and efforted, efforting experience. But it, it's mm-hmm. really exactly the opposite, right? When we go unconscious, mm-hmm. when the human being is not there. 
So we don't get taken care of. We're only seduced into believing that we're numbing out, and so I don't have to feel the way I felt when I was working. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny because so, when as you were talking about it, I was realizing like when I used to go into the office, like I would consistently struggle with not stopping for lunch. Like it was always like a big mm-hmm. struggle to stop working and mm-hmm. lunch. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's going to get you either way, right? You either yeah. shouldn't eat because you're driven past that and you don't take care of yourself, or you shouldn't go back to work and go unconscious while you're eating. But either way, the outcome is the same, right? Yeah. Which is why we're starting to look at process. And at the end of the day, we never have to parse the content because the outcome of the process is you're not taken care of. You're either in a uh, place of resistance or mm-hmm. you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Conclusion, Laura was not taken care of. Mm. Yeah, and it's helpful. Just I hadn't associated that word with it, but that is exactly what it feels like is resistance. Um, Say, which word, Laura? Sorry. Oh, resistance. Mm, yeah. 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 Yeah, as soon as we can label it resistance, we know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it more clear that it's not just like how I'm feeling because of the pandemic and because of the whatever, and you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 It doesn't. You, you don't want to get caught up in the content of it because the a lot of the content is true, right? If there are mm-hmm. new circumstances, uh, it's harder to do what you used to do. It's very different. Mm-hmm. That's all true. But yeah. as, as uh, Phil was pointing out, you can't solve that story from within the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's why you want to step it out and label it, okay, comparison or distraction or duality or resistance, mm-hmm. right? Those are our words mm-hmm. going, okay, we know what's going on here. The con artist is, is operating in full force. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. So recordings while you're while you're having lunch, I, I guess. I think so. Well, the, the only other thing that's been dropping in is is just to make some recordings specifically for her about her situation right now. You know, get yes. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Laura. Anyone else? This is Rebecca. Rebecca. So I have I saw that we you know in the in the year long retreat looking at the subpersonalities. Mm-hmm. This has been so much fun because um, I saw it in a way with this content of or this process of receiving that I that I hadn't quite seen it before and. It was this whole cast of characters that um, seems to work together to block the receiving. 
So the, the image that came up is, you know that, those Ocean's Eleven movies where there's a, this whole team of people that come off to, that um, pull off this big heist. And that's mm-hmm. what it seems like these subpersonalities are all working <laughs> together. <laughs> to rob you of your receptivity. Exactly. And they each have mm-hmm. their role and their 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 worldview, you know, their particular job. And like and, and so this today I'm kind of looking at the uh, and, and so and so one of the things that was so fun to see about it was and I saw a new one today, um, that and this one was called The Giver. The, um, and the one that just shares and offers all the time, and it's her first response to every occasion, and um, and how that blocks the receiving was so hidden from me. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that that's a knee-jerk. I mean, it seems obvious now, but it but it felt not like a like a block. It felt like being generous or whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. it, but it's, but it's not. And the thing that makes it not is that it is so automatic, mm, unconscious. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you're making such an importantly nuanced point, right? Because their giving is something that we do, and the only time that becomes a block to receiving is that you're the only i am the i i am the person who gives all the time no one else can give and i'm not open to receiving anyone else because i'm so busy being generous mm-hmm. yes right yeah and yeah. and it brings me to that Zen story right rebecca the giver should be thankful when the monk mm-hmm. receives the head of the uh, the Zen master receives this enormous gift to build a building from a very rich merchant and doesn't thank the merchant. And the merchant keeps going back to the Zen, Zen master hoping to receive thanks. And then finally the Zen, Zen master said the giver should be thankful because if you're not conscious that you've received, which is what allows you to give, that's another way your mm. receptivity is blocked, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, that's. It's interesting that that story dropped in for you, as in, you know, in, in because. Um, let's see if I. Uh, <laughs> I can feel the I can feel the fog rolling in, so I know there's a lot in in there. That that the that the um, the the one who's being generous as. It, when it's coming from a place of having received, there's just gratitude. Is that sort which of what wants you're to about? give? Yes, which wants to yeah. give. Yeah, which right? wants to give. Yeah, right. But yeah. to be the giver, who is always generous, there's both there's a receptivity in both cases that is blocked. Right, that it comes from a place of having been given to, and therefore I can be, I have to give, and then. If I'm if I'm the only person giving, then whatever someone else is giving to me, I can't receive. Yeah, yeah, yes, and because the the duality that that I saw today as I was looking at it, it was another one of my my cast of characters here, which was the the grabber, you know, <laughs> the, the, or the thief, you know, the thief or the grabber, mm-hmm. the one who kind of on the sly, you know, just take whatever. Mm-hmm. She, or you know whatever and and or and and 
those two are in cahoots, you know, because they keep each other alive. Because as, mm-hmm. because as, as long as I'm the giver, then I don't have to look at, no, really, I can be the grabber. And as long as I'm the grabber, it, it kind of sets up the the need to be sometimes the giver. And so those mm-hmm. keep just going, they just bounce back mm-hmm. and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's lovely to see those, how they are not meant to be seen, right? When you're in one, you can't see the other. And when you're in the other, you can't see the other, other side of the coin. But they always work in tandem or each would not be, it's a complete setup. Each is yes. required for the for the setup to be managed, but you can only see one side of it at any one go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it's so fun to. And I started. I did some. I've been doing something different this year with the with the assignments. Instead of working in a notebook, which I always rent would run into issues of how to refer back, or you know, I just couldn't see everything all at once. I've I've started mm-hmm. doing it more like process maps with stickies on a big piece of paper mm-hmm. on the window and everything, mm-hmm. and and that finding that so helpful because it's so you know it just it it just is like a just a gestalt kind of experience I guess mm-hmm. you know where you can, I can just see it all, and so to To be able to slap up these new things as they come in and see where they go in the big picture and how it just spurs on more mm-hmm. and more and more the way working on it in a notebook you know just didn't mm-hmm. didn't do for me and so anyway the just the constant encouragement we're getting to actually really do the assignments just really do it and and i mm-hmm. I would just put a plug into and then figuring out or making a setting yourself up with tools that work to do the assignment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to have it in a field of awareness rather than linearly separated, right? Yeah, Literally. page by page by page. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that is yeah. it. So anyway, it's just really been fun to see and very it is sort of like that uh, the mystery that was talked about in the earlier part of the call. How fun that is to mm-hmm. uncover, um, yeah, yeah, things that yeah. Because we're and, and was, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Receiving is what? Well, it's receiving is one of those things that I've kind of worked on for years because I've recognized that you know, and so I it sort of had that going into it. It sort of had that quality of. Oh gosh, is there more to see about this? I've, you know, but mm-hmm. the answer is yes. <laughs> there, there's well, so it's much. actually you made the point I was going to make because the delight is not in what what is seen, but the delight is in that I am seeing. Right? I'm delighted mm-hmm. by my capacity to see, and sometimes what I see is fascinating as well. But it goes back to something else you once said. Right? Everything is for me when I'm here. Yeah. When I'm here, it feels like it's for me because I'm here for it. That is the yeah. feeling of being here. It's here for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> so seeing exactly. everything is fascinating because I'm delighted about what I'm about seeing. So everything I'm seeing is fascinating. Exactly. It, it, that has just so been my dominant experience lately. Whether it's with a flower or a or a cup of tea, or uh, or this really life-changing process around receiving. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It really is the yeah. process. So. <laughs> Thank you. Very fun. Thanks, Rebecca. Very fun. 
Hey, it's Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, hi. I love that conversation. Um, it reminded me of an article I read yesterday uh, that I think it was a physicist who wrote it I think, and may have even been published in Scientific American or something, but he said, is, you know, multiple or di- disassociative identity disorder really like an actual, uh, a good um, way of thinking about consciousness, that there's one mind that gets splintered into all these parts that are unaware of each other. And mm-hmm. you know when you're in one, you don't you don't you're not aware of the other. And um, I don't know something about this conversation reminded me of it. Like there's some there is this delight in seeing all these personalities within yourself and seeing them in other people. And um, I don't know if that's the um, you know I don't know how to explain what I'm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, is that making sense? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Sarah, but here's what I heard, right? That for you, it, it, regardless of what the article says, the article is, used, is helping you put a framework on your experience, which is a sense of delight that there are, uh, there are these. You, you, you're having the experience that is being described of all of these random aspects of you that you didn't know existed and that are that don't know each other exist and being able to be in the process of discovery and exploration and seeing of that is delightful yeah going to what we were talking about with rebecca which is the awareness of awareness aware of itself or awareing as we said on the show this morning is a process of not being in conditioned mind and therefore it's it's a it's a process of extreme well-being However, whatever adjective you want to give to it. Yeah, that there's, there's you, the, it's this, this, I don't know, it's, this, it's like a distant intimacy in a way, like you're pulling mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. this identity and yet seeing it very tenderly. Like I, mm-hmm. I sort of looking at those subpersonalities and seeing, you know, their, I don't know, the their intention and their, feeling and all of this, like, they just seem like these marvelous fictional characters in a way, mm-hmm. you know? That well, and that's interesting, right, Sarah? That's very interesting that you say that because that's sort of where we, we, we walk, the, walk the edge of recognizing that the reason something is enduring is because yeah. the eyes that are seeing it are loving eyes. It's not that the thing is, is enduring, the process that I'm using uh, to see it is enduring, right? Because uh, if you were in a judgmental process, that, that, that thing would not be enduring. It would be cruel or uh, not enough or whatever else. And so for us, for, for us to be really clear that when I'm having an experience, I want to be looking at the process I'm in. It's not yeah. the object that is that is that has the quality, but the process of the process I'm in that is contributing to the quality of that object. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's just the experience of love. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's true. I mean, that is really true. We, we tend to say, I love you. And right. that somehow is, is related to you are the reason I'm loving or lovable. And that's not the case. I'm in the process of loving, and so that's my experience. And, of course, we're conditioned to attribute it to the object and give it away rather than own the subjective experience of where it's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's just also, I don't know, it's also mysterious, you know? like the- Yes! Isn't that beautiful? That's exactly it. It's mysterious because intuitively you and I are having a conversation that we completely, completely, within quotes, know what we're talking about and we could never explain it. No, no. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is, um, <laughs> I don't know, it's just so much to, uh, to wonder about, you know, is there mm-hmm. a, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's probably a good thing that we'll be locked down for three years. <laughs> like, it's going to take a long time to sort through this. I know I'll never get to an answer, but it's um, yeah, it's well, it's a lifelong uh, relationship, right? I mean, it is the mysterious yeah. that we're engaged with, with knowing within quotes. It's such an oxymoron to know the mysterious. I'm sorry, say it again. I said it's such an oxymoron. To know the mysterious is a lifelong relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love what you said, though, about, you know, just, I I don't know, the intent of it or the frame of mind that you're in because it just seems like when you're tapped into a loving disposition, it gets all the more interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, because it's not limited, right? It's not what? Limited. Limited. Yeah. 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 Like you you talk about the aperture closing, when it gets really small, it's like when it's negative, it's... That's right. It becomes very binary. You know, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I want want X or Y. Right. Very monochrome. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, everybody. Take care. Thank you.